Ready, set, go! It's hard to find a green car. I mean, color. The market is pretty cyclical, and we have plenty of black swats, grays, every once in a while a red or a blue, but you can't find a green car. Uh, in fact, you can get an F-150 in two different shades of red, but no green. Welcome to the EV Diaries. This is a place where I explore EVs in small-town America. I remember growing up, my parents owning several green cars. I drove a luxurious 1977 model Oldsmobile 88 in high school, but the only way to buy a green car these days is to buy a hybrid, a plug-in electric hybrid, or an electric vehicle. Today, as promised, I wanted to explore how green is your EV. I came across an article while researching the How Much Does It Cost to Operate an EV episode. It was on Forbes.com, written by Jim Gorzolani. And it was entitled, Here's What It Costs to Run an Electric Car and Its True Environmental Impact in Five U.S. Cities. So much for brevity. Of course, I will link to the article in the episode description. The basis of the article is not only to do the comparison based on the energy charge, which is the number of kilowatt hours used multiplied by the utilities rate, but it also wanted to rank how clean the energy is that was generated in the areas it surveyed. We've discussed this idea a few times. In Kentucky, we're about 75% coal generated. So looking at emissions, we're not as clean as, say, Virginia, who derives 53% of their energy from natural gas. And they get another 31% from nuclear. Now, I'm going to get off on a side tangent here. I really think nuclear is the solution to our energy independence. And it's a big step in the right direction as far as zero emissions go. Now, I know this is controversial, but if you look at these small modular reactors, they seem well designed to me, and they seem really viable. And like I said, they're zero emission, and they can go for years and years and years. Of course, there's obstacles to nuclear, um, there's a lot of conceptions and misconceptions about nuclear, and that's basically based on accidents in the past and meltdowns, near meltdowns, and what have you. And I'm not saying that those are not justified concerns. A lot of people have the not-in-my-backyard mentality, and I can understand that. But again, I think a lot of this, because of the accidents in, say, Chernobyl or, what was it, Fukushima, uh, Three Mile Island. Those are the ones that come to mind right off the bat. Because of what happened at those facilities, it's really tainted a lot of people's opinion of nuclear. But getting back onto the point I wanted to make, you know, one of the obstacles, there's a about a 20-year approval building process that has to go through the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. And then there's the question of what to do with the waste. But, like I said, these small modular reactors, they seem like the way to go. And I won't get too far into it, but essentially, 
A small modular reactor is built underground. On one side, it's underground. It's a secure facility where the nuclear material is housed. And then it has a second facility which has the control house to run the power plant. Like I said, it's all underground, and if any accident should occur, you've got about two weeks to get water on it to cool it back down before you get into a meltdown situation. Like I said, it's not without controversy, but it really has some potential to change everything in the world. The TVA is building a small modular reactor in Oak Ridge, which is about an hour and a half drive for me. Um, they actually received their permit in December of 2019. I was aware of their process and how far along they were about five years ago. So here we are, you know, five years later, and they've just finally now got the permit. And then, I don't know, construction will take another eight to ten years. So we'll see how that works out. Do some research on small modular reactors. It's, it's a really neat idea. But getting back to clean energy and how clean is your EV. Vermont, as states go, is the cleanest state with most of its electricity coming from hydro. The rest comes from renewables. But that's electricity. 60% of the homes are heated with oil, another 20 are heated with natural gas, and 10% of the homes in Vermont use wood heat. At least the electricity is clean. Going back to the article, it provides comparisons for Los Angeles, Portland, Maine, Baltimore, New York City, and the other Portland, where the dream of the 90s is alive. They use several popular EV models to determine the cost per year based on the utility rates and then gave a score for each car, a green score, based on its locale. They use the EPA cost calculator at fueleconomy.gov and the local power rates and based everything on a mileage of 11,640 miles driven per year. The green score was calculated using the American Council for an Energy Efficient Economy, which is ACEEE, um, who has an EV calculator available, and it's actually available as a downloadable spreadsheet, and I will link to that in the description as well, and it's hosted on greenercars.com. But just to give you an example of the data and the comparison that they did, Take the Chevy Bolt, rated at 118 miles per gallon equivalent with a 259 mile range. In LA, it would take $600 a year to operate. The green score was 69. Portland, Maine, $700 a year. Green score of 67. Baltimore was $400 a year, but the green score was only 61. In New York, $550 a year, green score of 68, and Portland, where you can just put a bird on something and call it art. Thanks, Fred Armisen. It's $600 a year with a green score of 69. I won't bore you with the rest, but the coolest part of this is the ACCE, wait a second, ACEEE -E -E 
Yeah, that's it. ACEEE's downloadable regional calculator. I put in my zip code and a Chevy Bolt. It didn't give me the yearly operating cost, but it told me I have a green score of 51. It also gave me the ability to compare it to a Chevrolet Spark CVT and told me that I would save $485 over the course of a year. But it's, a, it's an interesting calculator, but it's neat to see what the green score was. And there you have it. Kentucky is not the greenest state in the land of the free. It was an interesting exercise, though. It's still, like everything else, based on averages and assumptions. But what isn't? And that's why individual results may vary. <laughs> it's funny because I saw two green cars driving home. And uh, one was a Nissan, believe it or not. And the other a Ford. <laughs> Both were ugly colors. And... That might, ladies and gentlemen, be the reason there aren't many available. Click that subscribe button. The EV revolution is here, and the fuel may be greener in the neighbor's yard, but it's still a fun ride. Mm -hmm.